Welcome to a brand new 100% free episode of the Low Limit Cash Games podcast. This is a podcast I created exclusively for you, the lowest stakes poker player at your local card room or your home poker games. One, two, no limit, one, three, no limit. We're here to help you become a winning player. Let's jump right into it, shall we? Welcome into another episode. Real quick before we get today's content about player reads, especially as it uh, is in respect to flush draws. I want to quickly let you know, because I haven't mentioned this in a while, but you can follow me on social media. We are on Instagram and Facebook. And if you'd like to reach out to me, send me a message. You have questions, comments, queries, quips, complaints. I'll take all of those. Just DM me on the platform of your choice. Uh, Low Limit Cash Games podcast, either on Instagram or on Facebook. I will say this. Uh, I usually see the Facebook ones first. I do eventually see the Instagram ones, but Instagram hides them sometimes. So uh, if that matters to you, um, we're going to be talking about player reads. So one of the most asked questions I get from you guys is, you know, how do I read players? What What am I looking for when I'm reading players? What How do I label players? How do I use that? I'm, I'm not sure I understand that. And so I think we may do a series, and I'm not going to say every episode for the next few episodes will be a part of this series, but definitely it's my goal throughout this year to continue this series intermittently, so we're we're definitely going to continue to probably hit this subject a couple more times. But today I'm going to give you one of the easiest ones to look for, uh, explain how you can use it in your game to help you improve, and also explain to you how you need to be playing hands in this type situation as well. And we're going to be talking about flush draws today. So one of the easiest pieces of information you can pick up when you're playing at the poker table is determining how players at your table play flush draws. Knowing this piece of information is invaluable when you have, you know, strong hands and you're concerned that you may have got coolered. You're concerned that maybe you need to slow down with your pocket aces or pocket kings. You have uh, concerns about pot control. Maybe you think you can't get full three streets of value when there are flush draws on board, and really obvious flush draws. So when you're paying attention to players at the table, it's very important that you watch showdowns. You need to see how hands are shown down. You need to see pre-flop action. You need to pay attention to flop action. You need to pay attention to turn action. You need to pay attention to what happens on the river. And you need to be constantly banking this stuff, saving it for later. And one of the most important things you can see is when a hand is shown down and one of the people in the hand, and it may be against you, but you don't have to be in the hand. You can be watching other people in the hand. When a hand is shown down on the river and you see that one of the players has hit a flush draw either on the turn or on the river and they wind up winning the hand, you should have been paying attention to the whole hand and you need to go back to the flop and you need to see what happened on the flop you need to know if this player who turned or rivered a flush with a flush draw raised on the flop or not now just because they did raise on the flop doesn't mean they'll always raise flop because all not all flops are the same for instance, a lot of times on ace-high flops, you might see people who would normally raise their flush draw not raise their flush draw because they know their opponent has ace-x in range a ton of the time and they're not going to fold. And if you're never getting folds, then probably raising with flush draws isn't the best idea. 
But if one of the players raised preflop, Billing called preflop, and you had, say, a 10 high flop, like let's say 10 6 3 with two diamonds, and original preflop raiser bets, preflop caller three bets. Then it's call, turn river action, you see showdown, and the person who three bet that 10 high flop turned or rivered a flush. Uh, that makes a lot of sense because you can get a lot of ace king to fold, ace queen to fold, queen king to fold. I can get a lot of overcards that raise preflop to just fold on a 10 high board. So when you have a flush draw, it's really in your interest a lot of times to be raising here. So it's really important on those kind of boards. And as with everything, you can't make a definitive judgment about how a player will play all the time. But for sure, the first time you ever see that a player raised and won and showed down that a, a flush draw that hit, you know that they will raise flush draws. You know they're very capable of raising flush draws. Now, the opposite of that is something that's a little bit harder to determine because, like I said, not all flops are good raising candidates when you have a flush draw. So just because you see a player showed down a flush that they hit. They hit a draw on the turn of the river, but they did not raise the flop. D that doesn't necessarily mean they never raise flush draws. So you need to pay attention to the flop. Was it a flop that maybe a player could think they could take down a lot of the time to a pre-flop raiser? And if it was and they didn't raise, maybe that tells you something. But if it comes like ace-king-seven with two diamonds and they didn't raise... Maybe they just didn't raise because ace-king just hits their opponents so hard who raised preflop. It would be stupid for them to raise much here because they just run into monsters so often. It's maybe better to just try to peel one hand, see what develops on turns, things of that nature. But this is one of the easiest things to look for. You don't have to be a rocket scientist. You don't have to be a poker read scientist. You get these reads on people. You just need to pay attention. That's why I say the game of poker is going all the time, whether you're in the hand or not. If you're not actively involved in the game when you don't have a hand, then you aren't playing poker. I don't know what you're doing. You're waiting on hands to play, but you're definitely not playing the game of poker because people who are genuinely playing the game of poker are playing it all the time, whether they have a hand or whether they don't. Now, look, sometimes you're talking to the waitress. Sometimes you're checking an email on your phone. Sometimes you're replying to your wife or girlfriend's text. I mean, that happens sometimes. But other than times like that, or, you know, maybe you're being really friendly and you've wound up involved in a conversation with the guy next to you. I mean, that, that happens and, and poker's a social game. But most of the time, you should always be playing the game. And playing the game means you are always paying attention to what's going on in the hand, whether you have a hand or not, because that is playing the game of poker. So how we use this is, well, we use it to our advantage when we have, say, pocket aces. We've raised pre and got called, you know, by one or more players. And the flop comes, you know, 10 high, 10, 7, 4. And we bet. And a player raises us. Raise three, four X or something, you know, healthy raise. 
And there's really no straight draws, really no flush draws. I mean, what are they raising here? So now, you know, there's some other things you need to know about this player. Uh, hopefully you've been paying attention, you know, if they had ace-10 here, or if they had king-10 here, would they just raise their top pair when you're the pre-flop regressor and it's a 10-high board and you bet? I mean, if they are a player that you can do something like that, of course you can consider boldly. Otherwise, you need to strongly consider the possibility that maybe some sets exist. Now, we're not folding our aces, right? But we may switch to now two streets of value because just because of this player type and just because of this board texture and just because of what we've seen from this player in the past, their hand is skewed so much farther to like thick value. Like we could say, let me give you a better example of love. Like say it's 1095. 10.95 and it's two two diamonds. 10.95 and it's two diamonds. And you bet your pocket aces and you get raised. Now, if you know from playing with this player for whether it's been four hours tonight or maybe you played with them eight hours last night and you're four hours in tonight, so you have 12 hours with this player, you've seen them show down several flush draws that got there. Etc., etc., and you've never seen them raise a draw on the flop. You've just never seen it. Straight draw, flush draw, you've never seen them raise any kind of a draw on 10.95 with two diamonds. When they raise here, they have a very strong hand. Now, is it two pair? You know, do they have 10.9 for two pair? They have pocket 10s, they have pocket 9s, they have pocket 5s. I mean, most likely. If your table image is what it should be as a person who is a very strong player, you're mostly tagged. Sure, you can get out of line a little bit. You show up with some hands sometimes, but you mostly just have a strong range. I mean, they really shouldn't be raising you with like Queen 10 here. That's just a call, right? Top pair with Queen 10. That's just a call. You really shouldn't be getting crazy with pocket jacks here. They're just passive and calling with it pre-flop. They're probably just going to be passive and call with it on the flop. Sure, maybe sometimes they raise it. But more than likely, it is have a really strong hand. And these are the type players who raise because they're scared of the draws. And that's the only time they raise. They have a big hand and they're scared of the draws. They're scared of the straight draws, scared of the diamond draw. And it's important that you understand that type of player versus the type of player who will raise with a draw. So these are two very different player types, and you need to be looking out for them and paying attention. You will spot them. Players who will raise their draws on the flop, be aggressive with them. You can play very differently and know a lot of things about their hand versus players who never raise withdrawals on a flop. So if you have pocket aces and it's 10-9-5 with two diamonds and you're versus an aggressive player who will raise their draws and you bet your aces and they three bet you, I mean, this player just has so many draws in their range, right? 
They have straight draws. They have flush draws. They have straight and flush draws. They just got all kinds of draws on this board. And so you can just uh, continue this hand on out in a much different fashion versus that player than you do when it's a player who never raises their draws. Who's now raising you on this exact same flop? You need to probably shift into a two straight plan versus player and maybe even a turn crazy action fold plan sometimes just because they're so skewed towards strong hands. Now, you, I know somebody's listening to this podcast right now, but well, that's crazy. You got pocket aces and you've got one of these players and they raised you on the flop and then they bet big on the turn and you just let your aces go because you just assume they have a set or two pairs or something. Well, I mean, you know, unless it's a player, and again, this is all about paying attention. Maybe it is a player who doesn't raise draws and stuff. They will they will raise pocket jacks on 10-9-5. You know, then for sure you continue right onto the river. Call, call. Uh, you still can't be in there betting and getting crazy because you don't know because they also have tons of sets and two pairs in range along with their pocket jacks. But now if it's a player, then generally passive player types are just not going to go ham with pocket jacks on 10-9-5. They're just not. Especially when you're pre-flop aggressor and then you bet flop. Um, they're just probably going to call a lot. Again, it depends on the player and this is why we pay attention. So now that we've seen how you can exploit those two different players' types, and you can exploit them pretty massively and play them both very differently with the exact same hand on the exact same board. You would take two very different lines with those two very different players. And understand how important it is that you now address your play and how you play draws. You do not need to be the player that never raises with their flush draws and straight draws on the flop. You just don't need to be that player. You need to be the player who mixes, a player capable of doing both so your opponents never know what you have. So if you look at the other two opponents and you have the one that will raise flush draws, they would also raise their sets. I mean, you just don't know what they got and you're just probably going to wind up putting way more money in behind a lot of the time versus that player than you will versus the player who never raises draws. You're not going to put in mountains of money against that player because they are strong when they are raising you, check raising you, barreling off. I mean, they're very strong. And so you're never going to lose as much money to that player as you are going to lose to the player who both raises their value and their draws. Because you just can't simply shut down as much against them. You can't go into a much conservative mode as much against them. They're just going to extract more money from you. You're never going to be able to hero fold them. You, know, you can't do any of these exploits. And you can do massive exploits against the other player type. And so you don't need to be exploitable. Learn from this and understand, I don't want to be that guy. I don't want to be that guy that's massively exploitable because I never raise draws. So I don't want to get too deep into how you execute this in-game because we could go on forever on that. But just understand that you don't have to raise all your draws. You do need to raise a percentage of them. And I would say probably the easiest way to start out is raise your best ones. Obviously, you will, you'll want to raise your straight and flush draws. Those are very strong. And I don't mean just straight flush draws. I mean straight and flush draws. You can have both and it not be a straight flush draw. 
You want to raise your gut shot straight and flush draws. That's a bit of a stronger draw. You want to raise your flush draws when you have over cards. So, you know, your ace king suited on the, you know, 10, whatever I said earlier. I don't know, 1085 or 1084 with two of your suit or something. That's a pretty good hand to raise. You got the overs, you got the flush draw. Likewise, your straight draws where you have the overs. So, you know, on the 1095 or whatever, when you have Jack Queen, not only do you have the open ended, you also have two overs to the 10 jacks. So it's a pretty strong draw. So you don't have to raise all of them, right? You have to raise all of your draws, but you need to be raising at least some portion of them some decent portion of them so that when you raise on these flops, you don't only have monsters. So you're raising both. When you flop the set of fives, you're raising that. When you flop the set of nines, you're raising that. When you flop the set of tens, you're raising that. When you flop the 10-9, you're raising that. And you're also raising your queen jack. And you're also raising the overs with diamonds. And you're also raising the... um flush draws with straight draws and the gut shot of straight draws with the flush draw and you're just so you just got a quite a good mix of draws in there to to throw along in with your big value hands and so you're raising all of them and it will make you very difficult to play against and you won't be maximally exploitable like the player who you've been playing with that you know never raises flush draws and when they raise on a flush draw board they are raising to protect against the flush draw and that tells you something very significant about the strength of their hand. I hope today's episode has helped you out. I appreciate you being here. Remember to subscribe so you never miss an episode. If you want to catch three more episodes this month without any ads, without any fluff, without any intros, without any outros, without any any of that kind of stuff, you can become a fan of the pod at lowlimitcashgames.com. It's five bucks, and I will do my dead level best to provide you three extra episodes on that private platform every single month to try to help you become a winner. Uh, something I don't talk about much is, you know, when you join that $5 level over there to get the other three episodes every month, you then get the privilege of messaging me using the Patreon platform which means you go to the front of the line for questions. You have questions you'd like to ask me, you go to the front of the line. I still try to answer questions of people who send me messages on social media, whether that be Instagram or Facebook. But of course, patrons go to the front of the line. So that gets you that. Of course, you want full-blown training. What a huge video collection we have over there now. Uh, audio collection, whiteboard presentations, uh, classroom type settings, tutorials on various different things. Solver stuff is over there as well. Uh, that's super affordable at 25 bucks a month. You won't find training like that. And it's not training for the 510 player, the 25 player. It's all targeted to helping you crush 1213 no limit. That's it. I don't talk about stuff that's ethereal or super highbrow or, or, you know, Stuff that you need to crush 510. I just want to teach you how to crush 1213. You start crushing that, you know, then you can move on and advance your game to crush those bigger games. And then lastly, it just depends on availability. I'd say for the last year, year and a half, all the slots have pretty much been taken, but I do one on one training with a very 
few people. I think it's five. I got it capped at five, and it's almost always full. But you can also look at that over there. I mean, it's a hundred bucks, but if you think about it, you get the full uh, Patreon training package with the videos and the audio and the presentations and tutorials and all that stuff is included in it. So you're, you're getting all that just like any other $25 patron. So you're really only paying $75 more. So you're getting one-on-one time with me every month for $75. And uh, I'm really thinking about putting together uh, a Q&A with the folks that I work with one-on-one because I make sure that they're satisfied. All of them have improved their game. They're winners. I've never had anybody say, you suck at this. You know, we do good stuff. I mean, when you go one-on-one, and it's amazing how drastically we can change your game. Usually within, usually in the first session, people's games start changing dramatically. So if that slot's available, you can check that out as well. That's over at lowlimitcashgames.com, lowlimitcashgames.com. Go check that out. And then the only training tool that I recommend Advanced poker training. If you want to drill suited connectors till you master them, you want to drill ace king offsuit out of position till you master it. Their software is the best for doing that of anything I've ever seen. Uh, that's advancedpokertraining.com slash low limit. Advancedpokertraining.com slash low limit. Links to all this stuff is down in the information section of this podcast. So you can go check it out there. Uh, if you use my code, by the way, low limit when you check out over there, Advanced Poker Training, you get 25% off. And if you'll send me a private message, if you do sign up for it, I will send you a link to a video on some of the ways I use it and how I set it up. So be happy to send you that as well to help you get started with it if you do sign up for it. Highly recommend it. With that being said, we're going to sign off this time. I appreciate you being here. We will talk to you next time. Thanks so much.